Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Julie R. and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, July 31st, the 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting. Today we are reading from a big book and we are at page 89. We'll be reading the first two paragraphs, starting with practical experience shows through the second paragraph, ending with the bright spot of our lives. Today's readers are Rachel W., Russ M., Melissa C. The share ID for Monday, July 30th, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting is 11,721. For the 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting, it is 11,722. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is the fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Sage S., to read the 12 steps. Hi, this is Sage S., Recovering Compulsive Overeater in Arizona. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for allowing me to do service. Thank you, Sage S. I will now ask Toby Kay to read the Twelve Traditions. Hi, can you hear me? Yes. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first 
Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for a group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself. In our group conscience, our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop overeating. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group would never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service may and service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such would never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, alcohol, sorry, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name would never be drawn into public controversy. 11. A public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Toby Kay. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share. But we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers of six months, there is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are now sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 89. We're going to be reading two paragraphs, starting with practical experience through the second paragraph, is the bright spot of our lives. I will now ask Rachel W. to begin reading. Thank you, Julie, and thanks, Team Tuesday. It's been a great July. Practical experience shows that nothing will so much ensure immunity from drinking as intensive work with other alcoholics. It works when other activities fail. This is our 12th suggestion. Carry this message to other alcoholics. You can help when no one else can. You can secure their confidence when others fail. Remember, they are very ill. Life will take on new meaning. 
to watch people recover, to see them help others, to watch loneliness vanish, to see a fellowship grow about you, to have a host of friends. This is an experience you must not miss. We know you will not want to miss it. Frequent contact with newcomers and with each other is the bright spot of our lives. Um, I'm going to set my timer. I know I always say this, but I do believe this is my favorite paragraph in the book. Um, I always refer to this. Um, but, you know, this word intensive work, I came to realize it's not quantity or the, how many people I was sponsoring. It was more of the quality of it, of what I was giving over. It's telling you and conveying to you the program of recovery and applying it to myself, you know, to, to give, giving, giving another person what was so freely given to me. Um, and then, but really living it, you know, needing to live it. And I can't, because I can't give over what I don't have. So it's a relationship where I might have a more successful experience or let's say like more time, you know, in this program than someone else, but it doesn't mean I'm, I'm better. And it doesn't mean I'm a, I'm on some pedestal or anything. It just means that um, I've been here maybe a drop longer <laughs> and I've had a little more experience and, um, and, um, you know, I, I, I have to know it doesn't mean I control people you know, or shame them into their recovery. That's not what this is about. It means that everything I'm conveying over is something I'm living and it's, it's truly living. I mean, and the people that I see and that, that inspire me in this program are the ones who are just, um, you know, living as a conduit to God and, and to what service is and, and to what this program is about. And, and really, um, I came to realize as well that, you know, giving, you know, living in this program in a way that I can give it to others, it means that it, it's, it's a decision I make in my, in my most private moments. You know, that decision, if you're on the line today and struggling perhaps and, 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 you know, struggling with absence, just know that it's in that private moment, that decision, you know, they say the point of power is in that, in that moment, a moment of choice, that decision to stay abstinent is step 12 because that's carrying a message. Um, and this really hit home to me a couple of days ago. I was in a parking lot coming out of a grocery store, no less. And, um, and I, and I happened to see someone in program and, and I went over to her who I hadn't seen in a lot of years and quite a few years. And, um, and I, I, she didn't see me and I just went over and said, hello. And she said, wow, how are you staying so thin? How are you? And she, and I realized like it just hit home to me because I'm used to being, thinner now. I, I, I forgot what it's like to be 100 pounds more, which is, thank God for that, this program. But I realized in that moment, like every time I decide to be abstinent, and that that abstinence is reflecting in my in my weight loss, it's actually a message of hope to somebody else. And I don't mean a hope to be thin, I mean, a hope to be recovered. And, you know, about that. And that's what I believe this is saying for me that the bright spot of my life is coming into contact with all of you out there in the world, you know, on this planet, I, I say there's two types of people. There's, you know, the people who are working the steps and there's the people who should. <laughs> and um, it's always amazing to, to find this fellowship, to find the people. And um, I can't imagine if this program had 11 steps and we'd all be on these, on the mountaintop, what would that look like? You know, the thing about giving it over means, I'll stop with that. It just means that um, I'm, I'm continuing to grow and recover and to learn from other people as well. So thanks for allowing me to share my path. Thank you, Rachel W. And for those who just got on, we are on page 89. We're going to be reading the first two paragraphs, Practical Experience Shows, through the second paragraph, The Bright Spot of Our Lives. And if we could not, we'll only say our name once, and I will write as fast as I can. Who would like to share on these Nancy paragraphs? Nancy P. Russell. Nancy P. 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 Nancy P.
Okay. Everybody said it once. So I have Russ M. I think I heard Lisa. Hold on. I heard a Lisa B. I heard a Kelly S. Madam. Barbara. Before Matt, before before Barbara, before Matt, there was a couple female names. Nancy Ginger C. Nancy P. Ginger C. Janice PM. Harry. I'm going to do. Okay, I think we're going to stop there because I have. This is who we have. Somebody could turn their music off. I have Russ M., Lisa B., Kelly S., Nancy P., Ginger C., Harlan C., and Barbara E. And that's what we'll go. Go ahead, Russ. Good morning, Jewel. Good morning, family. Thanks for uh, being on the meeting here today. Um, I'm actually going to make this quick. If it wasn't for God, my single good-looking sponsor, and you guys on this line, this fellowship, I wouldn't be anywhere. I, 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 I probably did. I know you hear that and you think I'm BSing, but I really feel that way. You've taken me by the hand and grown me up into an adult, and I'm still getting there. And, I, and to keep that, to keep growing, I have to share it with someone else. So that's the beauty of this program, and uh, I'm, just, I'm just blessed to be a compulsive overeater by each and every one of you. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you, Russ M. So it's Lisa B., Kelly S., Nancy P. Go ahead, Lisa B. Well, good morning, Julie. Thank you so much for your service. My name is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina, and um, I am very grateful for this Step 12. I'm so grateful for all the people that greeted me with a phone call when I introduced myself as a newcomer to this phone meeting. That's how I met my recovered sponsor. And um, today I do live in step, well, I use step 12 to survive, you know, to stay abstinent, to stay recovered. And I wanted to share uh, something that gives so much hope to me. It's in the forward to the second edition. And it's on page XVII. And it says that strenuous work, one alcoholic with another, was vital to permanent recovery. Why does that give me hope? Because it's telling me I can have a state of being permanently recovered. But I must do uh, you know, strenuous work. So the words today in this reading, um, intensive, intensive work. It's concentrated on a single area or subject in a short time, very thorough or vigorous. And that's also like the word strenuous that was in, in that um, forward to the second edition, which would mean using great exertion. And I have found in working with others, it is definitely quality that I need to have a message to share. But it is usually doing more than is comfortable for me. And the other thing that I wanted to share that I'm so excited about is what I found in many 12-step rooms is there's a room full of a lot of people that are really good at encouraging me encouraging me and you know that's nice but this is a fatal malady I need to have a message of depth and weight by someone in whom the problem has been solved that's armed with the facts about themselves that can share what the message is like what is the message what is the solution I don't want just encouragement I I can't handle just encouragement that's not going to get me through to recover from this to soothe me. You know, that's like getting a little bit of relief here and there. I've done that for 
decades, in and out, in and out. That's why that forward to the second edition that tells me I can be in a state of permanently recovered. There's so many great special editions on our Vision for You website on Step 12 by many recovered compulsive overeaters. And I'll just share one that I really have gotten so much from. It's May 19, 2013 by Lori C., on step 12. It is a 12-step program. I can't just pick and choose the steps. I do this step for selfish reasons because I want to save my butt, but I do it because, oh my gosh, the rewards are so amazing. So amazing. I get so much from the people I work with. So many times they hold the spotlight, but I have to do it to stay alive, to stay recovered. And it's a gift. It's a privilege. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Lisa B. Next is Kelly S., Nancy P., Ginger C., Harlan C., and Harlan C., <laughs> and Barbara E. Go ahead, Kelly. Hey, Julie. Thanks. Uh, Kelly S. Recovered in Oklahoma. I appreciate your service. Um, so working with others. Never thought I'd make it to this step. I'll tell you what. Um, so it, that second paragraph, that's the promises of the 12th step. You know, it was pretty interesting when I started studying this book with you guys that each one of these steps has promises. But, of course, I, I didn't really ever get through the steps. So I didn't really know that. So you have to work the steps to find out these promises come true for each and every step. And so one of the things I'm going to tell you guys, to be honest, um, as the big book says, so I'm not alone, we're selfish and self-centered, or I am, to the extreme. And so um, this step does not come um, – naturally for me right you know it's like that's more stuff I have to do you know and I had to experience what these these gifts like the last speaker shared to realize that um that this is so amazing and one of the things that is so important to me and why I continue to study this book is you know you guys know I've been around this program for 30 something years I have like four five oh God, I have more than that many big books and they're all marked up but and I always share I find new stuff in here so one of the things that was huge to me in Bill's story um, on pages 14 and 15 is Bill talks about the importance of this step. You know, he says on the bottom of 14, faith without works was dead. For if an alcoholic, this was a new sentence, this was a new sentence, for if an alcoholic failed to perfect and enlarge his spiritual life through work and self-sacrifice for others. I thought it just meant a lot more prayer and meditation, which is important. But he is telling us through work and self-sacrifice with others, he could not survive the certain trials and uh, low spots ahead. And a little bit further down, he says, Bill talks about because he has depression, you know, in his in his career in his history. So he talks about he's plagued by waves of self-pity and resentment, and that this almost drove him to drink. Because as we know, you know, it's the buildup of human emotion that makes us drink or pick up food again. And he said he found that. When all other measures failed, work with another alcoholic would save the day. It is a design for living that works in rough going. So that's a huge thing right there. So I have to work the program. I have to stay in a recovered state, and I have to carry this message. And when I work with newcomers, what I love so much is it brings this book alive again, you know, and it brings it why I'm doing this. And I get to share. And these promises, that the, the ninth step promises, have finally come true for me. And, I, and the things I never thought, the feeling of uselessness and self-pity, you know, my, my, I, I'm lost interest in my selfish things. I'm gaining interest in others today. I want to carry the message, and I thought I was hopeless, but I was only seemingly hopeless. Today, I have a message of depth and weight, and I get to share that, and I feel like today, finally, I have a purpose. I get to help the still-suffering compulsive overeater out there. 
I can show them 30 something years. If you work it like it says in this big book, work the 12 steps, it can happen for you because it happened for me. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Julie. Thank you, Kelly S. Nancy P., Ginger C., Harlan G., and then Barbara E. Go ahead, Nancy P. Hi, can I be heard? Yes. Hi, thanks for letting me share. Nancy P. from Boston. So, um, <clears throat> excuse me, um, nothing will so much ensure immunity from drinking as intensive work with other alcoholics. So that means nothing means nothing, right? Nothing else. And it's it, as, um, as um, Kelly was saying, you know, she stole all my good, all my good ones. <laughs> um, you know, it says earlier in the book, you know, it touches on it all the time, starting in Bill's story and start, starting in the doctor's opinion, how they pass the message to others. And, and um, I was of particular, you know, Bill's um, nothing will save the day, you know, more than working with other compulsive uh, overeaters, alcoholics. You know, I was feeling sorry for myself over the past day or two from um, some things in my life. And, um, you know, I thought, you know, there's no, there's nothing for it. I'm going to have to, so I started making more phone calls and started, you know, seeing, you know, calling other people. And, you know, when I call people um, to find out what they're doing, I try not to talk about myself. And, and if they call me for help, I try to tell them what's going on with me. And um, this thing, it says, um, you know, recovery to me means to recover my relationship with God. And, um, it talks about it in the 10th step. Once we've talked about it with somebody else, we turn our attention resolutely to someone we can help. So all through the book, it's given working with others as the panacea for all our ills because as as a self-centered, selfish person concerned only with myself, the ultimate, to me, the ultimate um, treatment for that condition is to work with other people. And, um, you know, I have... I. I'm not lonely anymore. All these promises have come true. You know, I was not only was I lonely, I was enraged and lonely and I am not that way anymore. And, um, and I don't want to miss it. And I love frequent new contact, frequent contact with newcomers and all those things that make the time doing all this service makes the time for me to live my, my life. That's not in this program to a degree that I never, ever thought that I would. And, um, you know, others have really nailed it for me today, and I just feel like so privileged that I that the promises are coming true. And I thought it, you know, I used to think that if I could work these steps, that I would never feel bad again. And um, you know, that is, I feel pretty bad many days because of you know my some things in my life. But um, you know, I'm my abstinence is not at risk because I I work these steps as hard as I possibly can, and I. Um, you know, just discovered yesterday something else that I need to start doing more and um, and I'm going to do it, you know, whatever it takes. I just don't want to um, lose this this recovery. It's so precious. I mean, really, my life was saved. It really was saved. And um, I'm so grateful. And thank you all for being here with that. I'll pass. Thank you, Nancy P. Ginger C. followed by Harlan G. Then Barbara E. Hi, Julie. Thank you for your service this morning. This is Ginger C. Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Colorado. And I am um, just so grateful that my sponsor, when I was working these uh, pages and going through the book with him, he brought me to this paragraph often. And it was like almost a promise. 
because I knew I was at the last door. I knew I could not afford to pick up again. I don't know if I have another another recovery in me. And this sentence, you know, nothing so much will ensure, and to ensure means to provide or abstain insurance on immunity, protection, or exemption from something. That bite that is so desperate to get back into my mouth from drinking as intensive work with another alcoholic. That was just like music to my ears. And I know there's no guarantees in life. It's a daily reprieve. It's what I'm doing one day at a time, those minutes that I'm awake. But, you know, just staying close to God and pressing in and performing his work well, I have a really good chance to die sober and not pick up. And, um, you know, it works when other activities fail. And I cannot even tell you how many activities I have gone to in pain and despair trying to change my inner experience. And all I have to do is one alcoholic to another. That is it. It is so simple. And like someone, so much has already been said this morning, it's hard to like know where to go. But that's it. Bill would go to the hospital and he had to go to a hospital. All I have to do is pick up a telephone. How simple is this? But I need to remember that these people are very ill. They're sick. They're just coming out of the food nightmare. And I need to really practice patience with them. And I'm glad that sentence is in there because sometimes, you know, I'm busy, my life is happening, and I just want it to go accordingly to Accord Ginger's plans. That's what we're about, selfish and self-centered. And I need to practice some patience, some compassion. Remember what it was like. I remember calling my sponsor pretty much daily in fear. Oh, my God, the left shoe's going to drop. What happens if I eat? Because, again, I knew I could not pick up again. I knew I'd be screwed. I knew I probably wouldn't get back. I have 20-plus years of only knowing relapse. I didn't know why this work was going to work, but I saw that it had been solved in others, and I was willing to go to any lengths for victory. But I have to, again, remember that compassion. And I also have to remember, if they don't get it, I love Harlan's words, leave them alone. You know, there's a story about a gentleman that sees this butterfly uh, suffering in a cocoon. And he feels so bad for the struggle. And he sees that it's no longer struggling, so he feels even worse. And by releasing that butterfly, he basically killed it because the struggler, the struggle was what was allowing that butterfly to freedom to fly. But he cut it and released it, and he could never fly. And with that, it passed. Thank you, Ginger C. Harlan G., and then Barbara E. Thank you, Julie, and thank you for your service, and thank you for everybody for being here. I'm Harlan G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in sweltering Scottsdale, Arizona. I love these paragraphs. I love them like I love life. I love them like I love the air I breathe because they're so vital. Um, This is a 12-step program. And for decades in this program, I have run into people who refuse to sponsor or that have a misconception of how sponsorship works or they think they can, if they're on step three, they can sponsor somebody up to step two or something. None of that is true. It says, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of the steps. That's the qualifier. Let's talk about this for just a minute here. It works when other activities fail. 
working with others, Bill says, is going to work. He says, when all other measures fail, work with another alcoholic will save the day. And what else does it say here? Carry this message to alcoholics. Not my message. Not the message of me as a healer or me as a counselor or me as an expert on something that I'm not an expert on. It says, carry this message, the message of the big book to other alcoholics. That's my job. That's why I was saved from the filth of the food. That's why I made it against all odds. The mathematical odds of somebody making it in this program are very small. But here we are, hundreds of us gathered together here today at this meeting. Many, many of us are newcomers, yes, but many of us are recovered people. We are living witness to the power of this program that God could do for us what no one else could have done. And that in order for this message to be carried, it must have depth and weight. God knew who to send to Bill Wilson. He sent Ebby Thatcher, someone that Bill knew was a drunk, someone that spoke and understood the language of the heart. If I speak and understand the language of the heart, I have a fighting chance of helping that person. Now, here's something that's very important for me to remember. If that person wants to recover, I cannot say the wrong thing. If they don't want to recover, I cannot say the right thing. It is not up to me whether or not they recover. It is only up to me to do the best I can to carry the message of the big book and to tell that person how that fact or how that concept works in my life. Now, we all know what Bill says in his story. He says that work with another alcoholic will save the day. But let's take a look, and I'm going to close with this real carefully here. What does Dr. Bob say? It is a sense of duty. It is a pleasure because in doing so, I am paying my debt to the man who took time to pass it on to me because every time I do it, I take out a little more insurance for myself against a possible slip. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Harlan G. And Barbara E., you're next. Thank you. Can you hear me? Yes. Oh, wonderful. Wow, step 12. I never thought I'd get that far. Giving back in step 12 is what I've been so freely given. And shockingly, by embracing step 12, which is the necessity of strenuously working with others, I got back so much more than I ever could have imagined. But before offering myself as a sponsor, I had to personally personally have had that spiritual awakening or transformation or rearrangement of my attitudes and thinking that we've read about, or I could seriously impede someone's ability to succeed. For me, working with others was vitally important. Uh, Working with other suffering compulsive overeaters was a way to keep me out of my own head and to keep me sober. I know that I had to be more concerned with helping others and not just thinking of myself. 
I love the analogy to the birch tree that gently lets go of its bark when the tree has grown. But if the bark is torn too early, the tree will be hurt. Similarly, I don't want to deprive myself of the wisdom and growth that I need by trying to hurry the process and rushing into becoming a sponsor. It was only when I truly knew I had that connection with my higher power that I was ready to nervously offer myself as a sponsor. I was fearful that I might do it imperfectly, but my sponsor told me that was another form of arrogance on my part, to think that I had the power. She said I had to trust that my higher power would be with me, and the only wrong way to work step 12 was to not work it at all. She said I should simply follow the instructions as written in the big book. But first, it was vital that I share my experiences, not preach, but share my experiences with the person so they could identify in and say, yes, I'm like you. And heaven knows, I ate all night, I hid food, I disposed of containers. I kept saying, tomorrow I'll start. Tomorrow will be different. I had to go to department stores and be humiliated by being told that they didn't have anything in my size. I had to shop only in Lane Bryant's. I don't know if you have that there. But it was important that they understand. Step 12 is about love and service. Thank you. That's my timer. I pass. Thank you, Barbara E. And um, I'd like to remind everybody that we are on page 89, in case you just got on the line, and we're going to be reading the first two paragraphs, Practical Experience, and Reading Through the Bright Spot of Our Lives. We have lots of people on the phone, so I'll try to hear some new voices, too. Who would like to share? Katie from Boston. Boston. Okay. Let's do that again. Very good. Katie G. from Boston. Sage S. Nessa R. Leia M. Okay, hold on. Okay, okay. Craig, Sage, Katie, Leia, Nessa R. Mora Z. Okay, let's stop it. I I have you, Nessa. I have Craig F., Sage, Katie F., I mean, Katie G., Leia M., Nessa R., and Mora Z. So let's start with this group. Go ahead, Craig. Hi, this this is Craig after covered in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I'll assume I'm being heard. Um, this uh, this reading is just a great one for today uh, for me. It, it really is. I I uh, see around me this thing played out on both ends of the scale uh, all the time. You know, my uh, uh, I see people that. Uh, that get through the the eleventh step and and they act they feel like they're they're too timid or too shy to to move forward and 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 sponsor and inevitably I see them struggle and uh, inevitably I see them slipping back and slipping back and, and I and I listen and I watch these sponsees that call me you know and the the ones that really want uh, recovery that they're, they're 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 pressing forward they're pressing forward and and they uh, overcome their their 
inhibitions and they step forward and start sponsoring and they start seeing these blessings in their lives just as I see them in my life. And I wouldn't give that up uh, for anything. You know, it, I, I, I would not give up that, that, uh, those daily phone calls that I get and the time that, you know, that we work and share one another's troubles and, and grow together for anything in the world. Uh, I, I know I've told this story before, but I'm old enough that I get to tell my stories over and over again. <laughs> the, you know, in, in, in Israel, there, are, there is the Jordan River, and, and there are two great seas, the Sea of Galilee and the Dead Sea. And the Jordan River flows into the, to the Sea of Galilee, and it, and it flows back out again. And because it does that, the Sea of Galilee is, alive with fish and alive with with uh, life and then it flows down and it flows into the dead sea and the dead sea is trapped and and it only loses water through evaporation and uh, but the water is 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 trapped there and it stagnates and nothing lives you know and and it's the same with us in this program Pro, you know uh, recovery flows in recovery flows out uh, my sponsor works with me. I listen to meetings. I work with other sponsorees, and that and that that flowing in and flowing out is what gives me life today. And uh, uh, I get to feel that life. And uh, with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Craig F. Sage F. And then Katie G. And then Leah M. Go ahead, Sage. Good morning. I'm Sage S., Recovering Compulsive Overeater in Sweltering Cottonwood, Arizona, which is almost as bad as Scottsdale. Um, as From the perspective of someone who is recovering, Step 12 has been very important to me as well. Um, I was a newcomer to Vision starting at the beginning of June, and within the first week I got about 20 um, outreach calls from both fairly newcomers and recovered people. And they meant so much to me. I now have roughly 80 contacts from Vision, as well as a couple of other phone meetings that are independent of Vision, um, but have a lot of visionary participants. And I, a couple of people I talk to every day, um, just about program and about life. One of them is a very dear friend, and I wouldn't trade that for the world. And someone I talked to the other night for about half an hour, and I'd never spoken with them before, and that was amazing. And I feel so at home with everybody here even those of you I have never spoken with, um, it's amazing. And I know I keep using that word over and over, but it truly is amazing. I can't think of any other word. It's astounding. It's incredible. Just this feels like home. Um, someone uses the phrase when they do the announcements, welcome home, and that is so true. It's because of the 12th step. I picked up an Al-Anon sponsee through A Vision for You, and I never thought that would happen, but so many surprising things keep happening through this meeting. It's incredible. 
and it's all because of step 12. I got my recovered sponsee through her making an out or recovered sponsee recovered sponsor through making her making an outreach call to me and just so many connections have been formed and from the perspective of someone who is recovering nothing can mean more to me at least than that and I can't wait to be recovered so that I can carry step 12 to everyone else I have been reaching out to newcomers as they join vision and that means a lot to me and I hope it means a lot to them. Some of them have dropped off, but I still keep in contact with them and others I still keep in contact with and I hope that means a lot to them, but it means a lot to me to carry the message of vision and to bring them into our family. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Sage S. Next, we have Katie G, Leah M, Nessa R, and then Maura Z. Go ahead, Katie. Good morning, Julie. Good morning, my fellows. Katie G, recovered in Boston. And, yeah, I'm so glad I have a message in this big book, Alcoholics Anonymous, to carry today, and it's not about me. And, you know, I've been listening and loving what everybody's been sharing. And, you know, what I'm realizing lately is it's not about the outcome here. It's says intensive work with other compulsive overeater, anorexic, and bulimic. And that doesn't mean... I'm necessarily going to sponsor you. One miracle that happened to me the other day is a woman called me and she's on another coast and I couldn't sponsor her that day, but I helped her find someone. Actually, it was a couple weeks ago. And then she called me and you know what? She's had like a couple weeks of abstinence and I'm like, holy smoke. She called me yesterday and it like lit me up from the inside. I'm like, holy smokes, you're abstinent. This is like unbelievable. And why am I like grinning from ear to ear? Because God's changing me, because I care about others today, you know. And um, the other thing that really struck me today is um, frequent contact with newcomers and with each other. You know, it makes me sad. Sometimes people call me and they're like, well, I'm looking for sponsees, but I only want newcomers. Why? I was in relapse for so long. And um, the people that called me and helped me get out of the shame and the degradation and the misery that I was in being a member of Overeaters Anonymous and killing myself with exercise addiction and relapse, I hated myself. But people still called me, right? They still called me and they tried to get the message to me. So when I'm, when I'm calling people, like relapsers, like if, if somebody falls off the line, I'm like, hey, where's so-and-so? How, how are they doing? Or if somebody's sharing on our line regularly and they've got a few days of absence, I'm calling them and I'm saying, thanks for being my teacher because that's the good drug. Like I'm having a, a, tr a transformation that like I have joy for other people, um, you know, and also that, you know, my misery, my, you know, the fact that um, I lost my period when I was 18 right? And yet I have a baby today. And I've been able to share with other anorexics and bulimics, like, you got to go to your doctor, right? Like, if you're starving yourself, you got to go to your doctor and tell them, because you're doing damage that's gonna, that's gonna haunt you the rest of your life. You know, I've had root canals, I've had, like, and I'm able to share with them the misery of my disease, but and they can relate to that. But then I'm able to promise them what has happened to my life. Like, the things that came to us when we put ourselves in God's hands are better than anything we could have planned. I couldn't have planned my life. 
So every time y'all reach out to me, when you pick up that phone and you say, hey, KDG, I I'm just calling. I don't, I don't know how to do this today. Call me, right? Because we're all in this together. You are never alone. First word to step one is we. Thank you, God, for all of you who take my call, right? It is just such a privilege. And to see how God wants to use me, to see how God wants me to be of service today, it's just, it can't be beat. So thank you for the privilege of, uh, of sharing and doing this with you one more day. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Katie G. Uh, Leah M., followed by Nessa R. and Maura Z. Thank you very much, Julie. Practical experience shows that nothing so much ensure immunity from drinking as intensive work with other alcoholics. Um, you know, there's another passage in, in our text that says we have recovered and have been given the power to help others. And it is an obligation and a responsibility um, to pass on <laughs> this message. Why do I need to take this message to other compulsive overeaters? Because we're an expert on this disease that we have recovered from. And nobody really knows what it's like to be a compulsive overeater except another compulsive overeater. So um, I have a message of hope to take to other compulsive overeaters. Um, and it is an obligation and a responsibility that I, that I do so. Um, so even though we have to carry the message, it has turned out for me that carrying this message has become one of the most significant and meaningful things that I do. And I have a very fulfilling, meaningful life as a result um, of the restoration of my life. I have uh, been blessed with 12 beautiful children. I have a loving uh, husband who is so dear to my heart. I have uh, been blessed with grandchildren, very significant, very profound blessings in my life. I lead a very fulfilling and full life. However, <laughs> carrying the message and watching people come to life is one of the most significant and bright and meaningful and joyous things that I do. I look forward to it. My alarm rings at 4.15 a.m. I take sponsee calls. I don't hit the pillow close to 11, 11.30 after having taken several sponsee calls. Um, it is exhaustive. <laughs> I probably could use extra sleep. That's true. And yet God has uh, shown me um, and given me such a fulfilling life. You know, there's another passage in the book that God will show you how to create the fellowship that you crave. Um, this has been true for me. There have been times in my life in 1988 where there was no OA community about me, uh, an AA community about me, but not an OA community about me, and having worked with sponsees and getting them together, building a fellowship, building a community. Again in 2001, after making a tremendous move from the East Coast to the Midwest, taking on two, ten new sponsees in the Midwest, um, building a community about me. And again in 2012, <laughs> through some painful and growing experiences, building a community. This is not, uh, you know, about me. This is what God can do. My stability comes out of trying to give in the communication, not out of demanding that I receive anything. Uh, we walk humbly under the grace of God and live usefully. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, I am. 
Next, we have Nessa R. followed by Maura Z. Hi, thank you. Good morning, Vision for You. My name is Nessa R. I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Um, I love the reference to the 12 suggestions. Um, I chuckle every time I hear this program of recovery being referred to as suggestions, the steps being referred as suggestions. And, you know, we offer here in the room that these steps are suggested uh, for a compulsive overeater like me as opening the parachute is suggested to someone who jumps out of a plane. Um, you know, these are only a suggestion if I want to live. And by living, I don't mean just uh, breathing and existing, which, of course, um, you know, is, is important. And it's something that, you know, a lot of people with this disease don't even get to do. Um, although, you know, it's never reported that somebody died of compulsive overeating. You know, people die of, you know, heart disease or diabetes or, you know, other diseases as a result of this, um, this illness. But um, I mean living in the full sense of the word, I mean a meaningful, productive, purposeful, enjoyable, contented life. And, you know, when I first recovered um, almost seven years ago, I was afraid to sponsor. And, you know, I, I know now that that was just a self centered, self-seeking concerns, like, what if I'm a bad sponsor? What if I sponsor nobody recovers, you know? And, you know, I need to remember that I am not sponsoring to be a hero. I'm not sponsoring to be admired, to be well-regarded, to be liked, or anything like that. I'm nobody's savior. I'm not sponsoring to save anybody except myself. The reason I sponsor is because if I don't, I don't get to keep what I have been given. What I have, what I have is not something that I earned, that I worked for. Sure, I, I did a lot of food work. I still do a lot of work. But it was something that was given to me. It was given to me by, by God um, via my sponsor. And if I don't pass it on, I don't get to keep what I've been given. And, you know, what I have right now is so good. It's so good that I, I want it. I don't want to give it up. You know, um, and just like Colin says, you know, a person can have the best possible sponsor and not recover. Um, or they can have the worst sponsor and recover. It's not about the sponsor. It's about the sponsee. Just like my recovery is my responsibility, my sponsee's recovery is their responsibility. I cannot do the work for them. I cannot want it for them. All I can do is be a guide and show them what I did to get where I am, and that's very easy to do. You know, I just have to tell them what I did, and, you know, the payoff is huge whether they, rec- they recover or not. And um, with right. that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. R. Maura Z, you are next. Thank you, Julie. Maura Z recovered in Virginia, starting my timer. Oh, my goodness gracious. <sighs> Nothing. Nothing will so much ensure immunity from drinking as intensive work with other alcoholics. It works when other activities fail. This is our 12th suggestion. Carry this message to other alcoholics, exclamation point. And it doesn't say, as someone else mentioned, 
it that Katie G, thank you very much. It doesn't say only the person that walks into the rooms for the first time. We are dying in Overeaters Anonymous. Absolutely dying. I'm not being overdramatic. I see it when I walk into the rooms. I see it when I see people sitting in the rooms for years and not changing. It's become a social activity for them. They go once a week to the Wednesday night meeting. They go once a week to the Saturday morning meeting. Whatever it is, it's a social activity. Maybe it's someone who's dialing into this meeting every day and hasn't gotten a sponsor. We are dying in Overeaters Anonymous. We need to carry this message within the rooms as much as, if not more than, outside the rooms. It is imperative that we look to the left and look to the right the next time we're sitting in a meeting. And we ask that person, how can I be of service to you today? We think long and hard before approaching that person. We ask God to give us the right words. I'll put it in the I language. I think long and hard. I ask God for the right words. And I take a step and I talk to someone. And I ask them, how may I be of service to you today? Someone said something recently that stuck with me. And it was something along the lines of, I see you, I know you, I care for you, I know you're still eating, I still love you, how can I help you today? This is what strengthens my program. I have to work with someone who's suffering because I have to be reminded daily that I am a mere one bite away from this disease taking my life. This is not a game. Please look to your left, look to your right, and carry this message within the rooms of Overeaters Anonymous. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Marizzi. And we have about a minute and a half, so I think I'm going to try to take that. Julia, our recovery. Penny C. Overeater. Oh, okay, Penny. You can take. We have a minute and a half, or a minute I'll now. Do it, because um, this is Penny C. Recovered compulsive reader from the Boston area, and I can do it because. Maura just said exactly what I've been trying to get on to say. Exactly. The only thing I would add to that is that, um, you know, we, 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 need, we really need to get to our face-to-face meetings. I was one who, oh, they, they, it wasn't strong enough. They weren't recovered there, and I wasn't getting anything. I, 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 all about Penny. And, and then I heard someone on a special edition say that, um, you know, we must get to our face-to-face meetings, and if it's not a strong meeting and they're not recovered, what are you doing about it, Penny? What was I doing about it? And I hot-footed it back to that meeting after three years of being missing, and I got on on, um, the intergroup. I became an assembly rep. And and with God's help, God did this. God pushed me there. So I'm just reiterating what Maura said. 
You know, there's people dying in the rooms of OA, and I can just by sharing, sharing my recovery, that's all I need to do. I'm not there to judge or criticize, only to share my recovery. Thank you. I'll pass. Thank you, Penny. It is now time to close our meeting. Um, The share ID for Tuesday, July 31st, this meeting, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, is 11,000. 724. I'd like to thank everyone who shared. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And will Rep M please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Good morning, Russ M. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit. And you will surely meet some of us as you charge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.